Welcome back to another Shit Talk Fridays. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. And tonight we are drinking our fave. I think we've actually drank this the last four shows in a row. It is the White Haven uh, Sauvignon Blanc. And let's cheers. Cheers. Happy Friday. It sure is. You know, I can't wait for the day that we're like, and tonight's show was brought to you by Whitehaven. Um, that would be awesome. I'd yeah, be like, well, can I just get a whole <laughs> box of your wine? That yeah. would be amazing. Well, I mean, we've been drinking enough of it. I mean, I would like a case. Hello. I'm just going to put that out into the ether. In the there. ether. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We have a special guest with us this evening. Our lovely cat, Chloe. Chloe, Miss Fat Butt. Um, and we call her Fat Butt because she's thick. When she sit down, this cat's got curves. And I know that don't sound right when you say it like that, but... You say a lot of things that don't sound right. Hey, <laughs> welcome to Shit Talk Fridays. <laughs> so let's get into tonight's topics. So we have some interesting ones for you. And again, these topics kind of like just branched off of some of the things that we have been seeing on social media and things that people like kind of been dropping in our comments and i've been kind of just pulling out what i feel about some of these things so tonight we decided to talk about stay at home parent versus working parent and then later on in the hour we'll be talking about the value of marriage and then we'll go into our top five for the night towards the end part of the show which i'm not going to announce yet because it's uh pretty interesting to say the least But why I'm really excited to talk about these topics is because I feel like you and I can speak directly to being a working and stay-at-home parent. Absolutely. Because we have both done it. I would not say that you were a stay-at-home where you didn't work at all, but there were times that you worked less and you were the more at-home parent than I was. Right, right. And then there was a time where I actually was like a full stay-at-home parent for like a little stint, which was right after I left my career that I was at for about almost seven years. You know what I feel like we're really fortunate to say is that we've kind of like passed the torch back and forth along the years. You know what I mean? It hasn't been like like a just steady like, all right, yeah. you know, you've been doing this and this is the way our life has been. We've pretty much been like, you know, hey, here you go. Hold this because I got to go do this for a minute. And then, you know, time comes and the tide turns and you're just like, yo, e, hold this because I got to go. And I'm just like, all right, let's go. I got you. You know, know? it's I would (laughs) I would I so agree with that. And that what that immediately makes me think about is the saying of like marriage is 50 50. Mm -hmm. And I think that you and I have come to learn that marriage is not 50 50. It is definitely like an uneven scale at any given time. But we are constantly supporting each other, even though the scale is uneven. So there have been times in our relationship or, you know, marriage where it has been like 80, 20, 60, 40. I never feel like it's 100 percent 50, 50. I want to say. I want to rebrand this. Right. And I want to say that it is 50, 50. Right. And what I mean, it's 50, 50 is that because you're equally putting in the effort that it takes to maintain the family life um i wouldn't say that it's equal though evo because i feel like there have been times where 
that I have just not been able to do certain things, you know, for whatever the reason. And you pick up a lot of that slack. Yes. But in the same instance, when you're when I'm picking up that slack is because you're going out Mm -hmm. and you're going to you're going out to do something for our family and that we've agreed that you're going to go do that. You know what I mean? It's not like. I mean, I'm lucky to say that it hasn't been a situation where you're just like, hey, this is what I got to go do. And, you know, just tough luck. Like, I'm going to get I'm going to get mines. You know, we've talked about it. Yeah. And, you know, babe, I got you. Go. I got this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, I feel like while I got this, you know, you're going out and you're doing something, something substantial yourself. You know, so, like, I feel like and that takes a lot of effort, you know. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree on that stance i just wouldn't say that it's i know i know i'm just saying i want to rebrand it like i don't want like i'm trying to i'm trying to like bring some positive light towards it because it, you know uh, and for a lot of people it probably isn't that you know that 50 50 you know it is probably very much so that you know 80 20 and you know a very unbalanced life at home and but but to be clear i say that in all positive light i don't mean that in a bad sense i mean it like that has worked for us so much i don't mean it like you're carrying more of the weight and one of one of us is off slacking i don't think that's what it is i just think that when it comes to the home life and raising our children and just our marriage overall it definitely has been times where it's you know heavier on one of the partners than it is the other one but i don't mean that in a bad way i mean that in the most positive light that i can put it um but talking about positive light I think we wanted to touch on what were some of the pros and cons mm-hmm. of sure. being a stay-at-home parent. And then we'll get into the pros and cons of being the working parent. And I can tell you right away that when you are the stay-at-home parent, I immediately learned this from you, which is funny because you are you came into my children's life when they were three and seven, my boys. And prior to you you know i was a single parent for quite some time and it was so funny that when you entered our lives there were times where i would go to work and then i would come home and there would be this conversation that you and i would have about your day with the boys and you guys would share these like precious moments that i was like i don't want to say i was jealous of them but i definitely was kind of like in awe and it, to be real, there were times I felt a, a little like I had like FOMO, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, there was, those were breakthrough moments, you know, that the kids were having as yeah. they were developing, you know, they were, there was a lot of um, first times, you know, that happened. Um, and I was just fortunate enough to um, have a full day at home, yeah. you know, with them just by myself as to where I feel like any other time you know we were always both home yeah so i see what you're saying yeah so what what i mean by that i learned from you is that you were creating a bond like a stronger bond than i had in some some aspects and i definitely think that that is like a pro when you are the stay-at-home parent you create this bond with your children or child that potentially the working parent just doesn't have the time to create and that being said 
I look at that as a pro for the working parent, but then on the flip side, I look at that as a con for the, wait, did I say that right? I look at that as a pro for the stay-at-home parent. parent. Yeah. And I look at it as a con for the working parent. And because if you've decided to bring children into the world, one thing I can tell you that I've learned from being a parent as long as I have is that what children really value is the time that you give them. It's not going to be the toy that you gave them that they really wanted because I can't even tell you how many times we've had conversations with our older boys and they don't remember half the shit that we got them, but they remember trips that we went on. They remember, um, you know, experiences that they had mm-hmm. um, that were very memorable. And Mateo more recently just said it here on the show that he credited his love of hip hop to you because of your his experience with you, like how you guys would drive around, you would listen to music and you introduced him to more like that boom bap hip hop back from the 90s that's what I grew up on so that's what I'm saying is like those are the things that children tend to remember more and value more yeah. so when there's a stay at home parent putting in like times two versus the working parent I feel like it's definitely a disservice to the working parent yeah I mean there's and, and, and real quick I don't mean that I also don't mean that like in a bad light like oh the working parent is fucked up well, I just mean it like no, it's not. I, I mean I get what you're saying. You know, there's there's definitely a, a you know um, a plus to it, you mm-hmm. know, and and a negative to it. You know, the working parent um, has the ability to go out, and depending on what you know they value in life, if they're the type of person that really values being a provider, you know, and going out and achieving things uh, for themselves and and climbing up you know the the corporate ladder and and you know and and scaling that if that's something that makes them happy you know then they get the opportunity to do that because they have someone at home Mm -hmm. tending to the home life Mm -hmm. you know but there's a drawback to that because you're sacrificing you know something else that's very important which is you know building a home life and so the stay-at-home parent has the beautiful opportunity that many people don't have which is Mm -hmm. to build a home you know, so many people go out and work and, you know, they just they spend most of their time working and just bringing home the money and providing for the, you know, and struggling almost to be a parent yeah, and to build a home that when somebody has that opportunity, I mean, I, I, I see it as a beautiful thing. Um, I definitely feel like you and I could speak directly to having a parent that was the primary worker right? and we didn't have like strong relationship with them. And I'm speaking about our fathers right and ironically uh both of our fathers were like in the same industry the automobile industry. yeah the um i would say like i would say um it's the auto industry yeah the auto i wouldn't say automobile automobile auto <laughs> when you car. said when you said that i thought about I thought about like our fathers working in like the 1940s <laughs> like they were on, the- on some model a ford <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so both of our fathers worked in the auto industry. Um, your dad was in the body shop business, and my dad was in the auto mechanic business, and they both owned their own businesses, which was really yeah. fucking weird. In New York. Yeah, in New York, which is really ironic uh, because, you know, how we found our way to each other, and then we share that that bond is so interesting. Yeah. But both of our fathers worked six days a week. Yes. Where they basically did the same thing. They made sure that there was... Processed food in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, and you know and you mon- could ha- money on the table. Money, yeah, money on the table. White Castle ham, frozen hamburgers in the refrigerator, and um, that was about it. And you saw them at night when they came home, and you maybe had like a few, you know, like a, f- a few exchanges of conversation, sure. if that. Um, I I honestly probably had you. I would say that you and I had even less of that because there was a, a portion of a time that we didn't even live with our our fathers because we were right. we were sent somewhere else to be or you were sent somewhere I was taken somewhere but I want I, I I can say that I still had a such a found respect for my dad because he always made sure that we were provided for there was always a roof over our head there was always clothes on our back there was always food in our mouth you know like the the basic needs were always met and I will say that there was not a time that like um, you know, I didn't have the the best childhood, but you know, on Christmas, you know, I did get things that I wanted. You know, I got a Nintendo, I got the new Barbie. It wasn't like I was deprived, right. I would say, uh, but there was more so like physical neglect, well, yeah, but that, that, an emotional gl- neglect. But like, m- my dad was good with giving the money, so I still had such a found respect for him, even though he was the working parent. And um, what I will say is that. I feel like you and I can speak directly to that, you know, having that more absentee father because they were the working parent. But like I said earlier, there's no like malice or a mal when I when I say that. I don't mean it like in a bad way. Sadly, though, I don't think you and I could speak to having the stay at home parent like both of our mothers were working mothers. Yeah. So I don't even know what that's like, but we can speak to it as parents because like I said earlier, we both did that. But what I will say, (laughs) that's very interesting. The working parent gets to go out and have a career or have, you know, to be honest, I don't even know if it's a career. It could just be a job because they're not everybody that's in the world of working is creating a career for themselves. Some of them just have jobs. And what the difference, I think, between that is doing something that like you love and you can grow in versus mm-hmm. just going to like a job where you're kind of just like punching in and punching out and it's just like you're collecting the paycheck and y- it's really there's there's really no true love or desire to be doing that thing and it's almost like a means to an end but anyway um as as the working parent you get that luxury of like potentially building a career but when you're the stay-at-home parent you make a huge sacrifice and that sacrifice could come in more than one facet. So l- let's say whether you are the man or the woman in the relationship and you choose to put your career on hold. Let's say that you already had an established career. When you decide to have children, you put your career on hold for, you know, X amount of years. That's a huge sacrifice in the fact of the potential for you to re-enter the workforce after you know so many years of raising your child, depending on how many years that is, because I feel like if you're going to make that commitment, it's going to be for quite some time. And then on the other hand, it could be maybe you didn't have a career when you decided to have children. So, you know, you weren't necessarily sacrificing at that time. But what you are doing is not giving yourself you're you're almost unable to establish any work experience or any work career because you've just been home raising a child the entire time 
when you enter into a, a relationship or a marriage where you choose to take that option. And those are huge sacrifices because I can't, I can't speak to that because I've never had to do that. Like I've never been out of the work world so long where I had to try to like re-enter myself and try to figure things out. But what I will say is there have been moments in my life where I've had small spurts of it and it was still such a readjustment to figure things out. Mm -hmm. So I can't even imagine what that's like. So I would definitely like consider that a con and even more so why I think it's oh, like I look at it like, damn, that potentially could be that could be something that is not going to be a positive in that person's life is their like inability to like kind of have their own finances. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's definitely one drawback. Um, I think that. um That it takes a lot. To be able to um, come to that decision, you know, I mean, I feel like that we kind of went through something like that, um, and it took some serious, serious. Um, it took some serious analyzing mm -hmm. of each other's lives to like come to a decision of what was best for the family moving forward. Um, and I'm grateful that you know we were able to in a very mature way, you know, come to a, a, a you know, a conclusion that was beneficial for us. Um, but, and I, and even, even though like, you know, we took that decision where, um, it was, you know, you decided to like spend more time at home while I went out and still worked, uh, because I was, you know, I, I had a business. Um, you still kept yourself pretty busy, you know, and you still, yeah. you figured out a way to still work, mm -hmm. you know, and we figured out a system where, you know, how well we we didn't know not only did we figure out a system but we we soon came to realize that working is very important for you you know it's, it's yeah extremely it's very ex extremely important for you um and so we soon adjusted our, our system so that you're able to still work not as not what you were the way you're working before but it's funny because something else ended up being born out of it which was your freelance career yeah um the 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 real push to continue working was because i had a career not a job right so when i left my when i left the company that i was working for i still had a love of makeup i still wanted to do makeup that was a career that i wanted to continue to build so that's why there was such a like such a want to, to continue working was because I didn't want to stop doing what I love doing, even though I wanted to spend more time at home. And I think a lot of mothers are faced with that dilemma of having, I believe what it's called mom guilt, where you go out to work because you have this desire and you have this passion to be financially free or independent and to pursue something that you love but then at the same time you have this guilt because a child that you potentially more recently just had is in the care of someone else mm -hmm. and a lot of mothers go through this this feeling of as much as I love what I do I still want to be home with my child and I definitely went through that 
So was the choice to stay home more easy? Yeah, because I was at a point in my life where you and I were really solid as far as um, our home life. You know, we had hit a lot of like, I guess, those key those key those key milestones and i felt like it was a good time for us to make that transition and i knew that even if i left that corporation that i had worked for for so long that i was still going to be able to pursue makeup and be successful at it and um i had proven to you many times in the past that like when i put my mind to something yeah absolutely it's gonna come to fruition and that's exactly what it was even though early on in our relationship i remember you were just like um i'm sorry you you want to do what (laughs) i was like yeah i want to leave this industry yeah and and pivot 360 degrees it was a complete 180 yeah uh, 180 actually i was a little thrown off by it but yeah um you know fortunately for us we were able to work it out Mm -hmm. you know but sometimes there are some relationships where you know you really have there's there's the one parent who doesn't want that parental responsibility you know like they Mm -hmm. want they want to be just going out and working and leaving the house every day Mm -hmm. and not having to deal with that and kind of like leaving the other parent to kind of okay that's your job i'm gonna go do this and there never really ends up being no balance because the one parent that is out working really that's all they want to do you know yes they got you know they got together with someone ended up having kids but had never had any intentions on growing into being a parent you know some people they say that when you know when your child is born you're born as a parent you know i know i know that was very true for me yeah Uh, the instant my daughter was born i was reborn as a whole nother person yeah Uh, i can't imagine what that's like for people don't experience that what it's like to move on move forward being a parent Mm-hmm. You know what their day to day is like, and you know how do they view, you know, being at home with this new child. You know, I was like, there was just like this undescribable force that just drove me, yeah. You know, to our daughter, and you couldn't tear that away from me. You know, I wanted to be part of her life as much as I could. You know, so any opportunity that I could, I would be. Um, but unfortunately, that's not always the case. You know, know, Evo, honestly speaking, I think a lot of people enter into a marriage or relationship and decide to have children. And a lot of these things that you and I experience as a couple that were very blissful, a lot of people don't experience. But I also think that they there's really not conversation that happens prior. Like, okay, if we were to have a child. What is that dynamic going to look like? And I know sometimes that may sound like a little weird to someone. Like, what do you mean? Like, like, especially if you haven't had a child with that person Mm -hmm. or maybe you're not even married. I could see how that conversation could be very like off putting to someone. But isn't that potentially the only way you're going to know that if. Let's say you do have a child that this person is going to want to keep working and not really have to care about the home life. Or maybe this parent actually wants to stay home. Or maybe you guys want to figure out if both of you want to work and how you're going to balance that. These are really hard conversations. But I will say that 
I guess we were fortunate in the fact that since I had children prior to our relationship, I had already seen you be a parent and I knew that you were going to be a high functioning parent. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that, you know, we talked about <laughs> like dating someone with children and like what are some of the benefits that and I definitely felt like I got to see you be a parent with kids that already were a little bit older. So mm -hmm. I knew a baby was going to be like cake for you. Um, and you also were a, a young man that was very loving of children as a whole. I had seen you like that from very early on. But what I will say is I remember one um I remember one story in particular where our daughter was about six months old and I had to work and it was the weekend and you took her to the beach. And I remember when you took her to the beach, you met up with other families and one of the males approached you and they were shocked that you were at the beach with your six month old daughter by yourself without the mother and the mother actually made a comment to you like, right. oh, like my husband would never do that. And I don't frown upon that. But what I think about immediately is that there are some men or some women. Um, I'm just going to speak about men in this factor is that there are a lot of men that grow up in households where that is the dynamic. Where right. the father goes out and makes the money and the mother stays home and takes care of the kids and she takes care all of that like parental, you know, house caring, housewife things and he just brings home the money and he takes care of like, you know, odds and ends around the house. And there are men that are brought uh, and girls that are brought up in those households and then they go on, on to marry and then they want that same dynamic in their household and honestly, they don't know any better. And... I came from a household where both of my parents worked, but there were many times when my mother was not stable and I watched her be extremely dependent on my father, mm -hmm. but in a, in a, in a, in a harmful way. Mm -hmm. And I grew up saying to myself that I was never going to be that woman. I was never going to be the woman that was dependent on a man where I couldn't potentially even take care of myself. And I've come to find out that that probably was the better option. I just recently saw something on social media, which is what sparked this conversation of a lawyer talking about people who file for divorce, which is 50%, are shocked to find out the impact to their finances once they become divorced, especially the non-working parent, if that is the case. Mm -hmm. And that makes me sad because I know that there's so many people in that situation that they are dependent on their spouse for fin their financial income. And then the other spouse is dependent on them for the rearing of the children. Mm -hmm. But it's not always, it's not always fair in those situations. And do you understand what I mean yeah, by of that? Of course, because the working parent essentially, you know, if, if, if they separate, will financially be okay. Yeah. As to where the non-working parent is going to financially struggle. Yeah. And they can receive child support, they can receive alimony, but Right, but they're still dependent yeah on the working parent. So, you know, it's a it's an interesting situation to be in. I think that's why it's important for you know, there to be some type of part-time side gig something at some point, you know. I you know, I'm not to, you know, not to say that, oh, you know, raising children is easy and 
you should be even if you're the stay-at-home parent you should have a side hustle so absolutely not not saying that whatsoever what i am saying is that along the years of raising the children i think it's important to try to start something that you can call your own yeah whether it's minuscule that eventually will grow into something that's okay or something that you know you can do and if you can juggle both then more power to you but you should definitely have something that you can you know say that you worked for on your own and you're not fully dependent on somebody else i think that's important for someone to have i would agree you, you know what i mean and i think when you say that i think you mean something that is um something that is non-tangible so yeah. like you don't mean necessarily like a business it could just be them developing a skill yeah sure. um them you know educating themselves in a way where it's for them but in turn it still will benefit the entire family i know I, I still think that it's kind of important to create something to to make i think that it's having something tangible is is that important because it's something that you can say you know push come to shove back against the wall mm-hmm. you know i got this i have something mm-hmm. you know worse it's almost like when all else fails god forbid you know, all the walls come tumbling down. You know, there's something that I've built that I know it's on solid ground that yeah. I can lean on. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it's important to have that, you know, to say that you have your own thing that you, lean on. you know, you're not sitting there just, you know, floating in the ether, as, yeah. we, as we would say. I agree with you. Um, I just don't want to frown upon people that make no. the choice to. I'm just speaking for myself. I don't want to frown upon people that choose to just be to the soul caretakers of their children and i don't want them to feel stressed to think that oh now i gotta do double time i think the key is to what you said is that in due time so like you know find a moment within your journey with your child or children where you could find some time to um create something for yourself is what you're saying which i totally agree with because if we're going to be real because this is shit talk fridays if we're going to be like like raw 50% 50% of marriages do not work out. So is it probably a really good idea to have a fucking plan B? Yeah. I mean, I think so. You know, don't say it. this is not financial advice. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a financial advisor, but. I mean, listen, speaking to, I mean, I have listening to that divorce attorney. That is his advice. Yeah. That the non-working parent find a way to maybe secure some sort of financial income for themselves, so that they are not fucking shit out of luck if their if their spouse chooses or mm-hmm. their or they themselves choose to separate, you know, or dissolve a marriage. I, I definitely feel like it's fucking sticky. Like it's one of those situations where it's like fuck, you know, you choose to have children and now somewhere down the road i gotta you know figure out if i choose to be the stay-at-home parent how i could potentially bring in an income because i know that there are some people out there men and women that just want to raise their children yeah well and i I totally get that and that you know i was just about to to touch on that you know there are some people that that's what they want to do they Mm want to stay home Mm -hmm. they don't want to work you know they don't want to have a job i'm sorry like a per se, like a job where they go out mm-hmm. and they work for somebody's business. They want to be home, working at home, raising the family, yeah. taking care of their husband. Like that is something that they just genuinely love to do. And by all means, you know, those people deserve fucking, they don't even make trophies for that, but they deserve something 
way bigger than that because that's a huge sacrifice. Yeah. You know what I mean? To devote yourself to stay home, you know, to take care of your family and do it with with love and passion and, and no regret and, and no resentment, you know, yeah. towards, you know, allowing your other spouse to go out and just work. You know, that's a that's a special kind of person, you know. I feel like that those type of people that they deserve, you know, if you know things things fall apart, like they deserve something special that I, and I'm just gonna say this for lack of a better term, but like I'm just gonna I'm gonna fucking put it on the government because they think the government should fucking provide everybody with everything. But I feel like the government. Wait, you think the government? Well, you remember we so we had a we we have we have I had a small conversation about like you know women after they give you know birth to a child, mm-hmm. what happens to their breast, and I was saying that I felt like that every woman that had a child should be entitled to breast implants or some sort of breast augmentation or some sort of breast augmentation because what they sacrifice what they do with their bodies in in order to sacrifice what they i'm sorry what they sacrifice with their bodies Mm -hmm. by having a child Mm -hmm. and they lose something that they only lose it because they had a child Mm -hmm. and they're providing a child to someone that they had sex with you know that that person didn't have to physically go through anything i think that that person that woman deserves something in return to make themselves feel better about themselves you know and, and i don't even want to say feel better about themselves yeah. but i just feel like that that you know that maybe to put things back to their original state but put, put yeah to put things <laughs> back to their, their original state you know i think that um you know when your body goes through a change and it's a change that you didn't it wasn't by choice you know what well, i mean well it is it it technically is by choice because you you chose to have a child. However, you have no clue as a woman what your body's exactly. gonna do because I've been pregnant three times and each time some weird shit happened. Right. So, so I had no anticipation of like the changes that my body was gonna go through. So I, I understand what you yeah, mean. Yeah, I that. feel like in, that in you know for that sacrifice, um, every woman deserves something that will uh, you know say hey. You want this thing put back to the way that it was? Mm-hmm. No problem. You deserve it. You got that. And so for a stay-at-home parent, mm-hmm. if they're going to sacrifice their career, mm-hmm. you know, their their financial career to be a stay-at-home parent, you know, if the walls come tumbling down and shit falls apart, then they deserve something to say that, okay, no, you know, here, we got you, you know? But because that doesn't exist, it is very important to say that, you know, there should be something you know, like a some some type of plan B. You know, I just feel like you're leaving yourself vulnerable. Yeah. You know, and even though you may not want to work, there there's there's a there's a risk that comes with that. Yeah. You know, by all means, you know, hey, if you found the spot where you're living your life and you don't have to work and things are peachy for you, you know, more power to you. But, and I wish that person the best of luck and that that may, you know, their life may carry on into the sunset like that. But in the, for those people that do decide that they want to do that mm-hmm. and it doesn't end up that way, I feel like that that's something they're going to regret. That they damn, you know what I'm saying? Like I should have, could have, would have. Yeah. You know? So that's kind of what I feel. I mean, it's definitely easier said than done. <laughs> I will say that. This is why I say it's something that you do slowly over time. Yeah. Um, because it's not something, not something that's going to be done in a snap of the fingers. I mean, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, listen for the, like, f- I would say for the most part of our relationship, we were both working. There was, there were moments where one of us wasn't, um, so that's why I say we can speak to this, but for the majority of our marriage, we were both working. 
But it's it's interesting that you say that, you know, like the woman should get something. It makes me think about the the like the social norm of the man being the working person, the provider, the the person that um brings home the bread, you know, whatever it is that you like how mm-hmm. these 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 sayings that are put and these constructs that were created that where men have to be like head of household and you and I, you know, every time tax year comes around and I have to sign on the line that says spouse, I look at you when I have to do that in disdain. And it's not you per se that I'm angry at. I'm angry at the system because if we are equals, right? right? If we are one when we get married, why am I the spouse? You know what I mean? Like well, I, it should just be, it should just be, Two signatures. That's so it. Wait, I've, hang on. It's, it should just be two signatures. Um, so there are these constructs that have been implemented throughout decades and, you know, centuries where the man is meant to be the head of the household. And what I ask, I want to ask you is, do you feel that that puts a pressure, a stressor on men to have to live that life even though they may not want to. And I don't mean not want to in a bad way. Like men, maybe maybe they want to be the stay-at-home parent. Maybe they don't want to be the one that's working. Maybe they're totally fine with their woman going out and being the breadwinner. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there definitely is that pressure. I mean, I, I can say, you know, with 100% conviction that I grew up like that. You know, I... I would like to i mean i I would definitely call myself you know a provider Mm -hmm. why because that's what i saw my father do yeah you know he was an amazing provider um he worked like an animal he was very successful at what he did and he was able to provide you know me and my brother and the rest of my family with an amazing life and he was always always there to give like if you needed something you didn't go without it because my father had you, Yeah. you know, and I thought that that was an amazing thing to be able to do, you know, and I thought that that's what a man is supposed to do. Yeah. You know, so that put an amazing pressure on me growing up because I was like, OK, I got some big shoes to fill. And I used to always say that, at the, you know, when I was working with my dad at the shop, because, you know, he kept working until we retired him. Um. And, you know, when people would come and they would see him and, you know, he would be there first one in and the last one to leave and they would be blown away. But yet still so amazed that we were like a working family. And I was like, man, I got some big shoes to fill. Like this is, you know, every day that he comes in here, he's like showing me up, you know. Yeah. And so it just really put that, you know, that pressure. But I feel like that that comes from, you know, the Industrial Revolution, you know, where, you know, a lot of the country was, you know, brought up on labor. Yeah. You know, and we need men were needed, you know, to mm-hmm. go out and produce this labor, you know. So, you know, but things have changed, you know, and, and but then a lot of the things that we that we still have today are based on old technologies. Yeah. You know, old ways. Correct. You know, so fortunately, things are changing, um, you know, in a, in a di- very um, diverse way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that that'll change, too. You know, I, I can see that happening. Well, I mean, it already is happening. I just feel like it definitely puts this stress on young men that they feel like that they have to 
do so much because when they do find the woman or the man that they want to be with, that they're going to have to be the provider, even though that's an interesting conversation. If it's two men, <laughs> how does that work? But well, th- that's another conversation. You know how that works. Somebody takes one role and the other one person takes another role. Yeah. I mean, but I'm talking about the breadwinner. If they're both men and then they have the same capabilities, but that's another conversation. I don't, I really want to get into that. I just thought that, that that's interesting. Maybe we could touch on that another time. Um, so that kind of brings us into talking about the value of marriage because you, you were saying that, you know, we have these things that have put, put in place that are really old ways. Mm-hmm. And Another thing that you and I have have seen a lot of on social media is is there real value in marriage, especially for the men? And you and I talked a little bit about this before. And I'll be honest, I was like, all right, Evo, so tell me why why do you think marriage is valuable for a man? And right. I feel like we went back and forth a little bit because I felt like what you were telling me were things that were important about marriage but they necessarily weren't valuable. Why well, things of value are important. Like um, if something's valuable to you, it is important to you. Yes, but you were the way that I feel like you were explaining it was you were just saying, well, the reason why you should get married is because this, this, and this. So why don't you elaborate a little bit? Um, and then right. maybe people can hear as to what it was that we were going back and forth on as far as like why marriage is valuable because before you get into it the argument really going on on social media is that (laughs) men are looking at it like why get married because in the end if it it, a lot of men are believing that marriage only benefits a woman in the sense of they were potentially to separate which is kind of sad to me because you're already thinking about separation but whatever that the woman is going to walk away with a financial gain and a lot of men are looking at it like, why get married if all of the things that a woman can provide to me, which are a child, sex, and like, you know, potentially maintaining the household, yeah. all these things I could pay for. Yeah. I can get a maid to cook and clean for me. I can have, a, you know, a side piece that I can have sex with. And if I wanted to, I could just have a baby mama that I financially take care of and I don't have to get married. Why do I have to? What is the value of marriage if I can just pay for all of these things? And I then asked you because a lot of the argument was coming from men. So I was wondering what what you thought was the value of marriage. Yeah, I mean, I think that these arguments are coming from. Well, first of all, yeah, they're coming from people who don't value marriage. You know what I mean? I, th- I mean, well, I yeah. So like, <laughs> I mean, if you don't value marriage, of course, you're going to put up, you know, a strong argument of why to get married. I think that marriage is valuable because there's something that you can do when you get married that you can't do if you take the approach of these men who are saying that, are questioning why marriage and saying that anything that they can get out of a marriage, they can buy with money. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you can't buy is a home. And when I, what I mean by that is that a woman can give you a child. A woman can clean your house. Mm-hmm. A woman can make you your food. You can pay for all these things. But you can't pay for a woman to make you a home. You can't pay. A, there's a there's an interesting dynamic that is formed when you marry or you live 
with the person that you had a child with and together you raise a family. Mm -hmm. There's a bond that's created. There's an energy that exists at home that you cannot buy Mm -hmm. with any type of money. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the institutional common wedding marriage where you're legally married. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, I just think that marriage... And that's just, and that's just lack of a better term. I don't even like let's. I think that marriage has such a bad stigma on it that when I say marriage is important, you know, um, people may automatically already like start feeling negative about it. But yeah. I just think that the whole process of it is important because it signifies something bigger than just a relationship. It signifies something more than um, what you were when you originally got together and you built what you had. You, you know, you went through the dating and you went through the infatuation and you went through the getting to know each other and things kind of grew into like getting really serious and talking about having a child and potentially buying a home. And I feel like once you get to that stage, it's important to like have something that symbolizes we have moved on to something bigger. We have we're, we have turned the page to the next chapter because mm-hmm. that's what they are. These are chapters in a relationship. And so... In order to turn a chapter, you have to turn the page. Yeah. Right. So turning it's just turning that page is a symbol of moving on to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. So getting married is that is the equal symbol of going on to the next chapter. So I feel like marriage is important to symbolize for the two people that we have agreed and we have we have exp- we have done something together that signifies a bigger union. Yeah. And it just brings. I don't know, I just feel like it brings things to the next level. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Other people may not find that valuable um, and may not agree with me in many ways, and I'm sure that they're going to disagree with me in many ways, but that's why I feel like it's important. Well, see, you said it again. That's why you feel it's important. Important and valuable. valuable. I just feel like, they're, for yeah. me, they're two in the same. Okay. Um, I definitely agree with you. Like, I feel like marriage is all that and more. You know, I think you hit it on the head when you said it possesses a certain energy. Absolutely. Um, But I only feel like it possesses a certain energy, Evo, when you are actually paired with the person that you are meant to be paired with. Agreed. Um, I think that is why sometimes a person will not value their marriage because they're not paired with the right person. And it's fucked up. Because you enter into something with a person where, you know, maybe you were like really lusting for them and then you felt like you were in love with them and, you know, you were compatible. But there were things that maybe early on you ignored and then you enter into marriage and then you realize that this is really not the person that you should be paired with. So then like the whole thought of marriage kind of just goes right down the fucking drain for you. Um, And I can honestly say... <laughs> That you and I have watched people do that. We yes. have watched people get married. Yeah, we have. And I have sat back and looked at you in complete awe that we were at a wedding that I felt like, why were these people doing this? Because we knew them separately and we knew we've had conversations with them separately and their reasonings for getting married were, I would consider almost ch- like childish. You know, they would say things like, Oh, she she tolerates me or she like she puts up with me or, you know, like we've been together this long, you know, saying these things that like 
that's why you want to come, you know, that's why you would be looking to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you are looking to commit to a person on that level because you've been with them for that long. Um, that is an interesting dynamic to say the least. And we have then watched those marriages dissolve. You know what's interesting? I, I feel like that some people enter a marriage because they're afraid to, they're afraid to like not, they're afraid to like really show their true feelings to the other person. And when I say that, I'm going to just give you an example. Let's, yeah, we're, we're going to use, yeah, I know I, when I say things like, like they don't make sense at the beginning, <laughs> I got to like, I got to like unravel it backwards. Okay, right? please unravel So it. let's say we're in a relationship, uh-huh. you know, things are great at the beginning and then kind of like, you know, I don't know, a couple of years in, maybe a year or two in, um, you know, you're really serious about the relationship and maybe I'm not right. You know, but I like you and I don't want to lose you, but I'm not there yet. You know, but you really want to get married. I may give into it. I may give into it because, you know, right now you're the best thing that probably has ever happened to me, but I'm just mm. not where you are. And I don't want to, I don't want you to feel like I'm not there because I don't want you to, I don't want you to like all of a sudden pull back and think that we're not right for each other because I don't want to get married and you do. And many people just give in. You know, you know, and, and that's, I feel like I've seen that happen before. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I've actually, (laughs) I've actually watched people get married and I for damn sure know that the person that they are marrying doesn't know who they really are. Uh, because I've seen them conceal sides of who they are when that other person is not around. Mm-hmm. But it's exactly what you say. They are so happy to have found a person that is into them as much as that other person is. That they're willing to take that next step with them. Even though they really haven't divulged to this person that... I like to gamble, I like to drink, or, you know, I like to party, or whatever it may be, I find it interesting that these dynamics happen. And I think we've actually touched on this before, I think we said it last show, that these are the type of things that when you bury these things, they will fucking erupt later on. And I think that's what tends to happen is, is that, Later on in a marriage, how many times have you not seen it's played out like on TV, but I've actually seen it play out in real life where the man or the woman turns around and they resent the other person because they're like, I sacrificed this for you. I did this for you and you're still fucking complaining and I don't want to be in this shit anymore because like I entered this union with you. Not 100% wanting this and you're fucking being a nag right now yeah. or whatever They're it is. They're usually the first ones to crack. Yes. Because they didn't want to be in a situation to begin with. Yeah. And they thought they did. They thought that they could become comfortable with the idea. Yeah. And it's fucked up. And that's why I go back to saying that you will really value marriage when you are paired with the right person. And let's be real. That fucking takes time. Like. And it takes time and it takes a lot of fucking hard work because when you and I started dating, I was 25 and I already had two children. I was not 
looking to fuck around. Like, there was no time to play. I wanted to enjoy my time with you, but I also wanted you to know that, like, any of these potential games or, like, any of these, like, um, things that sometimes people are afraid to talk about, I was not looking to do that. If I felt a certain way, I was going to tell you. And what I've noticed is, is that a lot of people will enter a relationship with someone and they're afraid to talk about certain things. And then they get married and they're like, he doesn't do this for me. And I'm like, have you said this to him? And they're like, no. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, I'm afraid. Yeah, afraid I may offend him. Yeah, or or yeah. vice versa. Or she, she she, she, may get mad at me or whatever. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how do you expect this to work if you're still doing this, 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 this thing where you're hiding your true self from your partner? Yeah. And... Again, it will erupt on you in a marriage, in a relationship, whether you are heterosexual, you are homosexual, you are trans, whatever it is, that has nothing to actually do with your sexuality. It has a lot to do with who like your your overall like mental state and what you're willing to share with that person. And if you can't fully open up to that person, you're really never going to value the situation that they're in because the person that you're with is not even going to know who the fuck you are. Very well said. And what I will say is that as much as I felt like you knew me, because you know me really well, um, and I feel like I know you really well to the to the T where even if your breathing changes a certain way, I know something's wrong with you. Um, something happened later in the latter part of my life with you. I want to say um, 10 years into our relationship where I started to... Um, like um repressed things were starting to emerge and it was changing my character as a person and that was a really hard time for us um because you were seeing characteristics in me that you had never seen before yeah it definitely came out of nowhere yeah and um that goes back to what i said earlier about the 80 20 there was a long period of time that we were definitely 80 20 and you were carrying me you were carrying me hard because I was really vulnerable and I was really weak in the sense of like I, I was weak in the sense of like I was ha finding it hard to find strength to do the regular things that I always did and it was because I was so immersed in these you know repressed um, feelings that I had and that's why I say I feel like if you're not paired with the right person, you're mm -hmm. not going to value it because when I tell you I valued you so much because you were able to recognize, okay, this is not how Gina normally is. She's fucking going through something right now. I need to be supportive. And let's be honest. The things that I were doing, they were not things that were good for our relationship. And you still were willing to say, we have gone through so much as a couple. I need to put my best foot forward in this situation in order for us to have this continued longevity that I know that we can have. And I think a lot of times people, they fucking eject when that happens because they're not paired with the right person because that person didn't even know who they really like that person didn't even know who they really are to begin with and they're like yo I'm not cut out for this I got to go and that makes me sad because I've seen some relationships end where the one person was really in love with the person they thought they knew yeah well 
you know you <clears throat> excuse me you you made it um you know what i did was for me was nothing spectacular and i and i say this because excuse me one second was there just a minute ago uh, yeah thank you I, I just need to see that thanks it just disappeared again so don't get no but i uh, need that all right well thanks um you know what that was and maybe you're unaware of this but you i'm know, not you were you were such an amazing person to me you know through the beginning years of our relationship that you know when these things started to erupt in you mm -hmm. I know that they weren't normal I know that they weren't who you really were and I knew something was wrong yeah so you know that didn't tell me it's time to run or get out of here what that told me was that this person needs help you know, something something is going on that's beyond their control. And, you know, the ground is a little shaky underneath them right now. Yeah. And they need a hand, you know, so that they don't fall. You know, and it was very easy to do because, you know, if, if it had been different in a way where you know, you were kind of always like that from the beginning and it just got progressively worse. Yeah. Then maybe I'd be like, all right, enough is enough. But, you know, from you, who you, from you, for you to go to, for you to go from the person that I knew to someone that was struggling with some, you know, traumatic things that happened in their life that they buried mm -hmm. and that they were now coming to the surface, you know, that person needed a hand to guide them through what they were going through. Yeah. You know, that was obvious to me. And that's, I think I'm almost, I knew this, but I don't think I've ever heard you express it that way. And I'm a little taken back by that because that's exactly how I felt when I first met you. Or the second time, rather. <laughs> Not the first time. Yeah, the first time I was good to go. Uh, side note, yeah. Evo and I dated, I've known Evo for... 21 years almost yeah. 22 years at this point we dated briefly in our early 20s we then rekindled our romance four and a half five years after we had dated um so the second time the yeah. second time around your boy was a little rough around the edge <laughs> i'll tell you that right now the second time around i remember seeing you for the first time in five years and i immediately said to myself this man needs help you know what's funny right I feel like I'm going to give you guys an analogy, right? I feel like that when we met in college, right? I was that like shiny new toy, like the latest version of something that just came out and you had to have it. And then you had it, but somehow, you know, you weren't able to really hold on to it for too long, you know? Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, whatever, it disappeared out of your life and you moved on. And then one day you're walking, walking along and you know, you got to just see it there and you pick it up, but it's like not what it used to be. And it's kind of dusty, but you're like, I remember, this. I remember this thing. And there's a lot of value in this thing. And, you know, you just kind of dusted it off and, <laughs> and you took it to your shop and kind of like, you know, 
took it apart and you know rest rest you know resto modded it you know put it back together I restored it yeah you rest you restored it but you also modified it you know you add parts part of some new components to that shit you damn know? straight upgraded some pieces there and you're like you know and then boom new version 2.0 good to go <laughs> evil i think that is the best analogy that you've ever done on the show and i'd say something once you put my feet on the ground i was like see ya gone I grabbed you and I said, let's go. Yo, you know what I think is so hilarious about that is how many girls that um, they met us later on in our in our life, you know, because like we didn't get married after we had been together for five years. So like maybe the first five years of our relationship or even maybe after we got married, so many girls would meet you and they'd be like, oh, my God, I want what you have. You and Evil are so amazing. Let me tell you something. And I'd would, be like, yo, only if you knew. Yeah, if y'all would have seen me when me and her got back <laughs> together, you, yeah, you'd have walked by me and probably put out your cigarette butt on me like. <laughs> so, You're like, is this guy homeless? Well, it, it takes a particular kind of eye to see that right there. Yeah. <laughs> yo, that's exactly what it was. And when you, the, the moment you said that, I just thought about Toy Story, how Andy like boxed up um woody mm-hmm. and then you know when woody and i think it was toy story 2 where he was found by the collector and the collector cleaned him up and sewed him up and yeah. you know put his voice box like he just basically like and like made him to his 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 like um uh pristine self yeah but it was like even better at that time because like you know he and woody had never seen himself like that and that is like exactly how I felt when I saw you the second time. Uh, I think what happens a lot is people meet someone uh, and they don't really look at the person inside. Mm-hmm. And I looked at you from the inside. When I first met you, I was very attracted to you. I saw you like literally, I saw you from across the room and I was like, stop the press. Who's that? Vicky Vale. Same. Like, I, don't I, I saw, the, I felt the same way when I saw you. Yeah, so I was just like, I don't know who this guy is, but I need to talk to him ASAP. And I literally went over to you and I was like, Hey, I don't know what's your deal. Um, I don't know if you have a girlfriend, but here's my phone number, and you want to hang out? Like, I, I, I was playing no games. So when I saw you the second time around, and you were in not the same shape. And I don't mean physical. I just mean your overall. No, I physically wasn't in the same shape. (laughs) Like, let's not get it twisted, (laughs) boy. I I just I was literally half the man I used to be. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) You were you, but I just put all that shit aside, and I was just like, this guy. I'm looking at him from the inside. What he has on the inside is so valuable that this guy. He's a piece of coal right now. (laughs) There's a fucking diamond in there. So like when I would meet when girls would meet you and they were like you and your husband are so amazing I wish I could meet a guy like that and I was like well I'm gonna tell you where you may need to find that guy and you're not gonna like it I should carry a picture of like of me because I have one yes you do I should be like really really this guy right here you hooked up with this guy right here tell me now huh yeah like wait a second I don't think so 
Wait a second. I don't think so. (laughs) You know what's so funny to me? It's like, you know, we're talking about the value of marriage. And honestly, this is why I value our marriage. Because you are my fucking best friend. You are the person that I fucking tell you everything. And I'm sorry to a lot of my friends out there that I go, I'm not going to tell anybody. I hang up the phone (laughs) and I'm like, yo. Evil. Open up some wine. I got something to <laughs> tell you. Guess what I got to tell Guess you. Guess what I got to tell you. Nah, real talk though. There are certain things that I definitely don't tell you. And you know that for a fact. There yeah, are- well, I think that you have to be somewhat of a vault. I mean, there's, listen, there's some, there's certain things that I just don't need to know. You for know sure. Like, and I'm good with that. Like, yeah. For every guy that feels like that you need to know everything that your girlfriend is going through, that you need to realign yourself, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And like start getting good with yourself and knowing that you can't control everything that goes on around you. I actually think one time there was an instance where you picked up my phone and you saw a text message between a friend and I and you saw a message that she had sent me that was super private and you were like, oh, fuck, I wish I would I had seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you probably don't remember what I'm talking about, but... Um, no, because I probably blocked it out. If, well, I didn't, if I didn't need to know it, I just blocked it out. And just for all you guys that know, like we, there's no password locks that goes on between our phones well i I mean whatever like their our phones are locked but we're not not locked out of yeah we're not locked out of each other's phones so like you know you'll pick up my phone for whatever reason that you need to and it's all good and you know in that particular moment i for whatever reason i had to pick up your phone and do something with it and that message was there well let me just tell you it was in my blackberry days it was a long time ago Mm -hmm. so i don't expect you to remember but i will tell you off of the live because it was a very private personal situation with one of my friends that i remember you saw the message and you're like oh man i wish i wouldn't have seen that and i was like yeah those are the type of things that like i keep very private between me and my good friends but anything else is fair game (laughs) a lot of other things are fair game is what i mean you know what though when it comes to marriage i feel that you have at the end of the day you know like you're what maybe 70 to 80 percent you know just living amongst each other Mm -hmm. you know and a 20 percent of the relationship you know you're you're physically intimate you know Mm -hmm. you're you know you're being somewhat of some type of affection so the majority of it is just two people getting along you know so if there's anybody who you want to spend that much time with it better be your best friend yo for real you heard that just do the math it don't it don't make any more any less sense that if you're going to spend that much time with somebody you need to build that relationship so that person is your best friend yeah. so over the longevity of it you know it's a great life right so they say in order to have a great life you need to have a good day every day right i think i heard will smith say this right every I love day, that, man. if you if you make every day a good day or at least you try to make every day a good day what you end up with is a great life Ooh. So, apply that to the person that you decide to spend the rest of your life with. Try to make every day a good day with that person. If I mean, at the least, try to. If yeah. you don't, you don't. But at least that effort should be in there. And what you will end up with, in the end, is a great relationship. I will just tell you, and I'll end with this, and then maybe we can get into our top five for the night. One of the primary if probably not at the top at the top make it drop um that just came in my brain i'm sorry that's my that's that's how my brain works um that i value our marriage for is the empire that we have built together yeah and i know for i know for damn sure 
that without you, it wouldn't have been possible. And I know without me, it wouldn't have been possible. Absolutely. Because I will go back to this for the last time. This is that 80, 20 that I'm talking about. Cause there were times where I was pushing you 80% of the time. And then there were times where I was like in my little 20% zone chilling. And you were like, yo, I'm about to come at you with this 80% right now. Gina, you better fucking, you better muscle up. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up, girl. It's time, it's time to get, time to get it. Right. And I just remember being like, fuck. God, he's right, though, mm-hmm. you know, but I know that there were those same instances for you. And I value that so much because you put a battery in my back so many times when I needed that fucking push. And it came from a place of love and compassion and friendship that I wasn't going to get from some dude that I was fucking or some baby daddy. Nah, not at all. Cause and I-, I can't tell you how many people that I respect that I consider like that, like I want to say I look up to. As far as like celebrities or like, you know, people in, you know, like outside of my family. Just more recently, Snoop Dogg, he talks about how he credits a lot of his success to his wife that he's been with for a very long time. Mm -hmm. You know, they talk about these empires that they built together and how these women were like there for them in the time where like no one else really knew what was going on except for their wife or their husband. You know what I'm saying? Listen, that takes gratitude. It takes acknowledging gratitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just, you know, I don't do this, but I think about it all the time. And I am grateful in many ways. And I, and I stop and I recognize that. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a something that I want to try to implement in my life where, and we've spoken about this, where, you know, I wake up in the morning and I just say thank you, you know. And just saying that makes you immediately think of, okay, what do I have to be thankful for? Yeah. You know, so you start, you every day you start with thoughts of why you have to be thankful and then before you go to bed at night just put it out there just be grateful be thankful you know the type of person that it makes you um brings an energy inside of you that people will just appreciate to be around you and i think that you know in snoop dogs in 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 the sense of snoop dog you can tell how much of a grateful man he is because he speaks so positively about all the people that have been there for him in his life, yeah. you know, and he's not afraid to give them recognition in any time or in any like any fashion. And I think that that is because he's just a grateful person. Yeah. Snoop, I deal double G. He's actually coming out with a new album. I actually think it dropped today. Yeah. Or was it yesterday? <laughs> he's that. Yeah. You know, I think somebody was like saying that they seen they seen Snoop walking around with an umbrella on a, on like. No, they were like, "Well, it's a joke." Yeah. It's like, "Why does um, why does Snoop Dogg walk around with an umbrella oh, on a, on a jo- clear day?" And he was like, "For drizzle, sizzle, no, like for drizzle, my nizzle." For drizzle, my nizzle. <laughs> that joke is so old. Is it? I just heard it the other day. I'm, I actually I heard like that joke like I actually heard that joke like ten years ago. But I actually just heard it. You heard? You saw it on TikTok. I did. Because I, did. I saw TikTok the same guy. TikTok my life. That that joke is really old, but for drizzle, my nizzle. It's a good. I joke. think it's trending because because of jo- because, because of t- because of Joe, Joe Rogan. Yeah, so Snoop Dogg was on Joe Rogan. Yeah. Um. So that actually kind of wraps up our conversation as far as that. But let's get into our top five All for right. tonight. And I'll be honest, we're actually like an hour and fifteen minutes into this conversation. Could I keep talking about this shit for sure? For sure. For sure. Um. Because. I'm passionate about 
these things that we're talking about. Absolutely. And they're important things to talk about. Um, marriage, relationships, you know, the fact that they fail at such a high rate, it's, yeah. a, it's important to talk about the things that make them fail so that it's like, you know, the, it's almost like you have to like put up these, these conversations as warning signs. Yeah. You know? So people, you know, have a way to guide themselves and navigate, you yeah. know, through these, through these, these, it's like, there's no real book on relationships. Uh, there is, you know, you know, it's funny that you say that, you know, what I, that is the saying that I apply to having children. When I'll never forget when our daughter was born, because when I had my two boys, I was very young. So I like hit the floor running with my boys. I was just like, fuck it. I got it. I'm good. I'll never forget when our daughter was born, the nurse came in on the last day and she was like, do you have any questions? And she went, oh, this is your third baby. You're fine. And I looked at her like, ma'am, no, I am not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, children do not come with a manual. Yeah. Just because this is my third child, she is unique in her own. Mm -hmm. And I have not had a baby in more than 10 years. I need all the answers. Mm -hmm. And marriage is the same way. And because marriage is such a unique thing to each individual couple, the journey that everyone is going to have is going to be unique to them. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. what I will say is... The one piece of advice I could give, and it's going to roll us right into our top five, is if you have troubles along your way in marriage or in a relationship, long-term relationship, yo, therapy is helpful. Uh, Yeah. And we can speak to that Talk directly. You know, and I feel like that that just even though so it's not, not like there's different types of therapy. For, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's whether it's couples therapy, whether it's individual therapy, whether whatever the fuck it is, you're just talking to your partner. That is therapy. Um, no, it's I'm, therapeutic. I, I, yes, but I'm specifically talking about a professional. Talking about. I know what you're talking about, but not, <laughs> not a lot of people are like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know there. You know how people are. Yeah, that know? was me. Yes, exactly. So what I'm saying is that, you know, this is not just to say like, okay, you need therapy, right? Like, no, I'm just saying if you find yourself in a way. That you find yourself at a crossroad. Right. That you really don't know the answer or you can't find the resolution between you and your partner. Yes. Therapy. Please understand. We speak from experience. Therapy is so yes. helpful. <laughs> yes, and Evo and I <laughs> paid for therapy out of our own pockets. <laughs> yeah. So it was really important. Okay. It, it was it was very important and it was it was very um constructive am i saying is that am yeah, I, yeah 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 but it, like it, like what but in what sense what i'm saying is that it you know in in a time where where we went and we had therapy i felt like it really um it really served its purpose mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's it it was totally not what i thought it would be yeah you know what i'm saying because as a young kid i did therapy and in, in school mm -hmm. but like same only only because i had to same and then i was just like oh this is bullshit you know yeah, like, i used to lie to them all the time yeah like i just did it like how are things at home i'm like great just to get it over with you mm -hmm. know but like you know i feel i be, i believe that when you generally want therapy and you're looking for answers um the right therapist will guide you through 
the dark times. And know? we are blessed to say that we found the right therapist like yeah. off the bat. I don't even know how the fuck we found her, but she was fucking phenomenal. And I remember my, because we did joint sessions and we did individual sessions. And I remember doing my individual sessions. Um, I felt so fucking comfortable with her. And I was just opening up to her. And she was just like, listen, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. And... I just want you to know that I think that it's going to take more time for us to really unravel these things for you. Yeah. So I don't want you to feel like I'm taking you for a ride, but yeah. like you need to see me more. So here's, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I want to touch on something before we get into the top five. Okay. That will really kind of like lighten things up as far as therapy goes. You know, people don't realize that they kind of seek out therapy on a regular basis, right? Now, when, and when I say they seek out therapy on a regular basis is that they seek out the professional opinions of other people yeah. to guide them through things that they may not necessarily be able to navigate in their own lives. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with your car. You go seek a professional. The professional analyzes your car. Not only does he analyze your car, but he analyzes you and potentially tells you how you can better take care of your car. Agreed. Same thing with a dermatologist and analyzes you, your life. How you, you know, and how you can better take care of your skin. Mm -hmm. Same thing with a doctor. They analyze your life, you know, but at these points you're going out and seeking this help. So do not think that, you know, couples therapy is something to be, to be frowned upon, you know, or individual or, therapy. or individual therapy, because at the end of the day, you're not a professional when it comes to relationships, you know? Oh, and so, you know, when you're going through hard times with your significant other, do not be afraid if you really value the relationship that you have with your significant other and you generally want to be with that person. Yeah. And you're at wit's ends. Sometimes a professional opinion is all you need to guide you through that moment. Preach, my brother. Preach. Right. Let's go into the top five. So, and I, then I need for you to also put back up. All right. So. Coming in this week. On our top five is reasons you and your spouse may need therapy. <laughs> That's why we were talking about <laughs> therapy. We segue right into this. All right. So coming in at number five reasons that you and your spouse may need therapy is that your spouse turns into your roommate. Uh. Or technically speaking, you've grown apart. All right. So what this means is like if you find yourself basically like that you've become something with with your partner that is no longer a couple it's just you're just kind of going about your life which is you know, there's somebody that you live with yeah there's really no affection you know there's no intimacy there's really no like personal time it's just somebody that you know you're you're sharing responsibilities with yeah that's basically a roommate you that's know? key is that you're basically just like okay so you're gonna pick up the kids i gotta go to work you're gonna go to the grocery store yes. and there's literally no time being spent for you and that person that is intimate, right, is an, and you know introspective. Yeah, you're basically living with your yeah. roommate. If you find that, if you find yourself in a space where you're no longer living the life that, or even something that closely resembles the life that you lived when you first got together, yeah, then you're no longer in a real relationship per se. Yeah, and you might need therapy. Maybe just. <laughs> And we and 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 let's be clear. We don't mean therapy like it's a bad thing. We mean no. it like it's it's a great thing. It's a yes. helpful thing because when I tell you that therapy opened my eyes to things 
that I needed to be more empathetic towards because mm-hmm. I grew up with a very rough exterior and therapy helped me understand that there were times that you said things or needed things for me that I needed to be more empathetic towards. Mm-hmm. And that was so hard for me. And the therapist was like, I know it might be hard, but what you need to understand is that this is what your spouse needs. Yeah. And if, and if you love your spouse and if this is what your spouse needs and this is what your spouse should get. And that's why I was like, fuck. Yeah. I, I would have never, I would have never understood that. I would have just been like, it's it's funny because there's a person that I follow on TikTok that they did a they did a uh, TikTok where they were like what it's like dating an earth sign and it was just like oh I'm sad and then the earth sign is just like you be alright motherfucker it's alright <laughs> you know tomorrow's another day you know like that was me muscle up yeah right you be alright put a bandaid on yeah. that shit you know you know th- th- there's nothing more amazing <laughs> than falling in love. And not only do I mean falling in love, I mean there's nothing more amazing than loving someone mm-hmm. and then you opening up and becoming vulnerable so that person sees your vulnerability and then loving you back Yeah. for the vulnerable person that you are. There's something that happens with that chemistry and that dynamic that is just, it's so uncommon that it's almost like finding gold. And... You think it's uncommon? Um, I don't. I feel like there's so many people out there that either struggle in finding love or have never been in love. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, okay, I would agree. Yeah. So, um, but I think that maintaining a healthy relationship um, is the key and the foundation of getting to that point. You know, it it, it needs to start there. Yeah. You know. Um, so therapy, couples therapy, personal therapy, whatever the case may be, um, if you find yourself that you are become your, your, your spouse's or your significant other's roommate, this is something that you might want to think about. Yeah, I definitely agree. Absolutely. And again, we mean therapy in the best way. Absolutely. Let's 100%. move on to number four. Coming in at number four, top five things you should, top five, coming in at number four, <laughs> top five reasons you and your spouse may need therapy is if there's constant arguing about the same thing. The same damn thing. It's going round and round. And I think the reason why you're saying that is because if it's the same thing, then that means that you have not found any resolve. There are no resolutions being found, and you are just fucking beating a dead horse. And I hate to say those type of analogies because I love animals. However, if you are beating a dead horse, what is the point in that? It's going nowhere. It is literally You're going literally nowhere. literally going nowhere. And that is the most frustrating situation to be in with your partner when you constantly rehash old arguments. So, like, let's say your partner does something that triggers you, that you then, it ensues an argument. And you're arguing about that particular thing, but then you bring something up that happened in a previous oh, yeah. argument. Oh, yeah. Where are you going with that? Yeah. Well, so, I, I agree with you. I agree with this. Mm-hmm. But I also think that even um, on top of arguing about the same things, I think if you're just arguing a lot, period, you know, there's there's yeah. definitely some some, you know, therapy that needs to go on between you two as a couple. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to go. But there's you got like you need to you two people need to sit down yeah. and have a deep dive. 
yeah. into like what's really causing all of these arguments. There's something resent there's resentment going on because it's like almost like, you know, instantaneously something is setting you off about the other person. Or it's something that we touched on last show, which is uh, nonverbal issues. Yes. Which is someone is concealing something right. and they're not speaking about it and they're just like their body is their body is telling mm-hmm. the other person about it, but they are not verbalizing right. it to the other person, right. so which is like a fucking you're basically walking around holding a ticking time bomb. That's the basis that. of needing to talk. You know, nonverbal is not not talking. Yeah. So needing to talk is that, you know, um, coming in at number three of top five reasons you and your spouse mm-hmm. may need therapy is clash on money. Which is a heavy. Yeah. And a clash on money topic. in like all aspects, spending, savings and like potentially retirement. Could you imagine being in a relationship with your spouse and not knowing how your finances are going because potentially maybe one of them is con- in control of the finances yeah. or um, one of the spout one of the partners having the ex- um, excess of spending or maybe one of the partners being excessively frugal. Mm-hmm. These are the type of things that in the relationship that will tear you the fuck apart. And I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. This is why I think you and I earlier on in the show stressed the potential for the non-working parent to have some source of income for themselves at a certain point in their journey with their child care taking because that stress can be it has broken couples yeah. it has that is one of the main reasons why people divorce which is financial hardship mm-hmm. uh, on 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 any partner's side or financial conflict so i know sometimes people don't want to hear that shit they don't want to hear oh well you know like I raise the kids and like, why do I got to work? I get that. And I'm not frowning upon that. But what I will say is that so many couples separate because of this shit, because one of them feels like they're giving too much or the one is not giving enough. Mm -hmm. So if you can create something for yourself, like Evo said earlier, like, I think that that's a, that's a good plan. Yeah. I know it's uh, not know, easy, but it's a good plan. It reminds me of a, a show that I saw one time <laughs> about uh, Western cultures, right? And so in Western cultures, you know, it's the man that generally manages the finances, you know? And in, so, in, in some of those countries, um, the women are not allowed to have any money. Excuse me. You, West, we are Western. Do you mean Eastern? Yes. Sorry. Okay. All right. Eastern cultures. Yeah. And some of the women are not allowed to have money. Yeah. You know, and. Oh, I remember what you were talking yes. about. You were, be be more specific. You were talking about in a more, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was a Islamic. I didn't want to quote it per se because I wasn't 100%. I don't, I didn't remember exactly whether it was or it wasn't Islamic. It, it, um, it was a Muslim paired couple okay. that practice Islam. Okay. All I remember is that the men, the men, but I just want to be clear that that's what was the dynamic. It, I remember yeah. the show. It was, it was two, it was a man and a woman um, that were uh, practice Islam. They were Muslim. And you were saying that the dynamic was that the man was um, the 
head of the finances or the sole controller of the finances. Right. So the the thing was is that they were a very young couple, right? Yeah. So the 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 male in the relationship was like, you know, they he had been they just got married and I guess when they got married there was this like influx of money, you know, mm -hmm. and so now all of a sudden he's in charge of all this money. Yeah. And so he has to like control the way that they live and da 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 and he's thrown into this lifestyle that he's necessarily not like uh, accustomed, to. accustomed to, you know? Um and so you know, immediately, like, he's living a very egotistical life and, you know, power tripping and things like that. And uh, and he was, like, almost like, I'm man, I have money, I hold all the power, like, yeah. raw over the over the girl. And the, the, the family members, they, they're, they almost, like, hold, like, this hierarchy in, yeah. in, like, the, in, like, the, in, like, the whole neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. So... I remember the higher ups in the in the neighborhood, the men had to like pull the boy aside, and they were like, "Yo, you can't be acting like this." Yeah. Like, and he's like, "What do you mean she can't have any money?" He's like, "Bro, you gotta give her something." Like, you know, like, yes, yeah. I know what our our religion says, but she still needs to have something. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was crazy that like even though their religion told them something, like they knew better. Like, yes, they were very f about their religion, but they would they still knew like you cannot. Like have her like that, you know? Yeah, because he was trying to hold power over her more than being like the head of the household, which was which was very different in their dynamic. Um, but what it, what it was is like you know she would want to go shopping and this yeah. and that, and he'd be like, no, no, no. Like he would even be like, no, we're not doing that. We're gonna do what I want to do. And oh I, yeah. yeah, he was. Listen, he was being a fucking dick. Basically, yeah. And so like they were telling him like you know she needs to like y y even though you do call the shots and manage it mm -hmm. she still needs to be able to say that she makes her own decisions for you know? sure and like even in that culture where women are like you know given very little they still recognize that they should still have the ability even if it's not like in god's eyes to make their own decisions um i wouldn't say that women are given very little i i think that women in comparison to what the men have oh, oh uh... that's that's that was my that was that's what i mean in comparison to what the men are able to do, okay, the women are, so, are able to do very little. I also think this is a whole other conversation. Yes, but it is. So can, okay. we, can we not get into it? Because yeah, yeah. I just feel like you're trying to correct no, me no, no, on something I'm, that. No, no, I'm just. I just want to say that um, I studied. Um, I studied Western religions, and I will say that based on that religion, there's supposed to be full equality. So, but is there? I said, based on the religion, there should oh. be full equality. But whether how a person chooses to function within that religion is an individual thing. Um, but that's actually a really good conversation. Maybe we'll bring that up at another time. Let's go on to our number two for the night. All right. Coming in at number two, top five reasons you and your spouse may need therapy. And this is a big one. Mm. This is like a super red flag. It's lack of sex. So, why do you consider this a red flag? Or like a red flag that you would need therapy? Tell me why. Because I feel like men and women may see it differently. Um, so, I feel that sex, lovemaking, intimacy, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. is there's a bond that happens, a transfer of energy that happens between two people that is connects them in a way deeper than a lot of things mm -hmm. connect people in life and i feel like that when you make that connection you are so close to that person 
Mm-hmm. You feel so connected to that person that it's almost like you vibrate on the same frequency. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> and um, when you stop having that, there's a... That intimacy. That intimacy. There's there's an energy that's lost. There's a disconnect. There's a disconnect, you know. And, um, you know, it's I, th- I feel like that having a healthy sex life will always, always make you be considerate to your partner. So... I agree with you. I don't disagree with you on any level of that. But the reason why I think therapy may be needed if there's a lack of sex, speaking on the woman's behalf. I have known many women to not be happy in their sexual relationship with their partner because the man in that relationship is not is not really diving in to understand what the woman's needs are. Okay. And there are many men that enter into a sexual relationship with a woman and they're very self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the fact that they're married or not. Right. So there are times that a woman is not going to want to engage in a sexual interaction mm-hmm. with a man, whether they're married or not, if the woman is not really going to be satisfied, so she may withhold sex mm-hmm. because she knows that she's not going to be satisfied in the way that she also needs. So, yes, that connection may be lost. And yes, there is this, you know, thing that happens between man and woman. But if a woman is not being satisfied, well, you know, bitch yes. got a headache. Uh, yeah, of course. You know, and I think that goes back to like, you know, what you were saying about. You know, women need to speak up. And that is... <laughs> you know, because... Yes, women need to speak because up. I feel, but I feel like that, that that unfolds when women, in, in, the, in, the, in the beginning, mm-hmm. they're very um, impulsive, like the man is, all, all the time. What do you mean by impulsive? When men want to just impulsively... They want to impulsively have sex, right? Okay. And a woman, you know, yes, at the beginning, she may entertain that, but mm-hmm. a woman... Need, likes to be engaged into sex yeah right i would agree yes yeah, so um but a man doesn't need to be engaged like it's very it, it happens very quickly where mm-hmm. you know it's just you know it goes from zero to 60 like real quick yeah you know and again at the beginning a woman's cool with it it's fun it's you know hey but like after a while like you know they need a little bit more to get you know to get the steam rolling yeah you know and so when that's not happening rather than talking about it they just start withdrawing the sex yeah you know so and that's why we feel like therapy is needed. But I just wanted to hear your perspective as a man as to why potentially therapy may be needed because I knew it was going to be a little bit different. Of course, us. it's very different. I mean, it's coming from a man's perspective, but I just feel like that either way, um, either way, <laughs> that's Cat Williams all day. I'm sorry. He Evo. said whether you was big or you got small Evo. or you was small or you got big. This is why either I value our way, marriage. We fucking. <laughs> This is why I value our marriage because the minute he said that, my brain went, Cat Williams, either way. Either way. We fucking. Uh, thank you, Cat Williams, for that yes, because sir. that is burned in our brain. Forever. Forever, ever? Yeah. Forever, ever? So, either way, um, there is a disconnect that's happening, mm-hmm. and um, that's why you may need therapy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that actually brings us to our numero uno. Yes, coming in at number one. With a heavy, heavy Thor mallet. Top five reasons you and your spouse may need therapy. 
is infidelity. Yikes. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, when you just made that sound, isn't that the sound from um from um Wheel of Fortune when you land on the fucking no I don't money? Know. I just feel like it's like a thrill like a thriller or like suspense no. sound. When you said that, when you made that sound, I immediately thought about when you played Wheel of Fortune and you landed on the bankrupt. Mm. And it's like dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I could see that. Um yeah, so top I mean, five. honestly, like Top five reasons you and your spouse may need therapy. Number one, for yeah, sure, I, fucking infidelity. I definitely think like this is a given, but at the same time, it is the top reason. Why? Because this reason right here will drive a stake between you and the person that you're with. And if, and not to say that you know infidelity is not something that can be worked out, or infidelity is like you know, but it is like one of the main number one reasons why people you know get separated Mm -hmm. but it happens and it happens for many reasons um and if you generally really like the person that you're with or you care about the person that you're with or you're in love with the person that you're with and you want to work it out um you know therapy may help you get through that you know there may be some deep rooted issues going on with the person that had infidelity that need to come to surface so that even they can understand what they're going through, you know, and mm-hmm. why they did what they did. Yeah. You know, it may have not been something that was directly um, intended to hurt the person that they were with. You know, they're just may- mentally not in the right place, you know, mm-hmm. and by maybe something that's no fault of their own, you know. Um, it definitely is the fault of their own, but I don't think that, what I think what you're saying is that their intention is not to hurt the their other person. Their intention is not to hurt. But what I'm saying, but is it's still their fault. What I mean is no fault of their own. Is that they have gone through something that traumatically really affected them. Maybe buried that, never dealt with it, mm-hmm. and then throughout their lives are dealing with it in a way that it's unhealthy. Yeah, you that, know what I'm saying. That that I definitely agree. You with. know, and so because that's no, that's not their fault that they experienced that trauma. You know, and then deal yeah. dealt with it the way that they did. It is their fault that they they made that decision. They made that decision, and they hurt someone that really cared about them. But that doesn't mean that there's not there's not a deeper issue going on. You know what I'm saying? It may not. You may have not got. You may have. You may not have gotten cheated on. I don't even know. I'm saying that right. You you may have gotten cheated on, but it had nothing to do with you. I one thousand percent agree with you that. You know what I'm saying? So like I that's why. You know, this is the top reason why you may need therapy because you potent- the therapy could potentially save the relationship. I just want to add to that and then we can actually co- come to an end. I actually think that therapy is super helpful in this instance, even if you choose to separate. Yeah. I know people that have experienced infidelity in their marriage, in their relationship. And they have chosen to separate, whether they are married or just in a relationship. If you're married and you have children and you choose to separate because of infidelity and you have children, you are then going to choose to then co-parent at at some level, unless the other parent is incapable for whatever the reason. Mm-hmm. Do I think that therapy will be helpful in that situation? For sure. sure. Because... Maybe the person that committed the infidelity will have some realization about why they did what they did, and that will help them continue their journey in life as a parent, as a as a partner. And I think it will be helpful for the person that experienced the infidelity 
because it will help them move forward. So even if you choose to stay in the relationship or you choose not to be in the relationship and whether you're married or not, because I feel like even if you're not married and you choose and, and you choose to separate because of infidelity, I feel like the person can move forward with therapy and it can help them heal so that they're not they're not carrying on that trauma to their next relationship. And I think about that because of you, because you were that person that you moved from other relationships and you were like, I'm not going to take that bad. I'm just nope. only going to move on with the good. And, and build I, off of it. Yeah, and I wasn't necessarily that person. I was a little bit more apprehensive because of the bad that I experienced and I learned that lesson from you. So that's why I speak on that. You know, like yeah. how I feel like it could be helpful um, because I feel like when you're an adult and you're in a relationship, you have so many fucking things on your plate, your job, your children, yeah. your 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 family. Um, take that time to maybe step into therapy and say, this is my time to yeah. heal. You know what's funny? This is the way. And I, I'm just going to do that. The way, I, the way I looked at my relationships was like, all right, there's this. There's, so it's a relationship that shattered into pieces. Right. <laughs> and so now I'm looking at the pieces and I'm like, that's a piece of coal. That's a piece of coal. Aww. There's a nugget. I'm throwing that in the bag. There's a nugget. And I'm picking out the nuggets and all the jewels and I'm throwing them in my bag. And I'm leaving all the coals behind. And I'm walking into the next relationship with a bag of jewels. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, Evo <laughs> dropping these fucking gems. Bing right bong. Now. Bing bong. Hey, yo. Hey, Joe yo. Biden. Take me out to dinner. <laughs> and if you don't no, know what that's from, yeah. Do some research. Go, go align yourself. <laughs> um, but that actually brings us to the end of our show for tonight. Had an amazing time having this conversation with you. As Honestly, always. like, as, yo, I was literally about to say as always yeah. because um, even though Evo and I have been together as long as we have, this is a platform where you and I can talk where sometimes like I'm like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you that dude. <laughs> Uh, but actually, until next, next Friday, time. ladies yeah. and gentlemen, that's all we have for you. Peace, Peace out. out.